Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior, to another Tactical Tuesday. Conversations with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tips, tools, and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast. I'm so glad you've decided to tune in again today, and you're going to get some tidbits of wisdom from my man, Miles Braxton. When I last had Miles on the show, he was associate for Renewable Power Group at Goldman Sachs, working on their risk management. Now he's running risk management at Summit Ridge Energy. Miles continues to level up in his career, and today we're going to dive into exactly how he thinks about doing just that. If you're looking for a career in renewables, there's never been a more exciting time. I'm so happy to have you here with us. For now, let's get down to business and tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, with another practical, tactical conversation here on Suncast. At Soul Systems, our team was really tasked with a lot of the, you know, from early stage, you know, looking at just open plots of land and going through the tax parcels to see if this even qualifies, you know, all the way up to talking to the customer, trying to get them to sign a PPA with us. So kind of the first thing that I noticed is, you know, we're in business development meetings, we're talking about ongoing deals. And it's like, okay, you've been talking to this customer for six months and like nothing is, you know, nothing is really moving along. And we're having to change this financial model to, I guess, go with the 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 changes in the industry kind of as the project develops. Uh, and it's just realizing that these timelines are not quick. You know, it's not like we find a qualified site and we talk to the customer and they're gung-ho, even though they're getting paid tens of thousands of dollars a year for this project. That's not the case. And you become more of a solar educator than a business or a salesman. It's like, I have to this isn't a product that you know anything about really. And that's what most of our customer base, uh, I say, I'd say 60% of our customer base was, and it's like, we have to kind of explain you the value of this product before you can even analyze what we're trying to offer you. It was, you know, taking a step back. It was, it was just understanding how long those, those timelines are. And it taught me a lot of patience, but yeah, also, uh, that, you know, the quicker we can get things done, the better. And <laughs> mixed with a yeah, patience with a sense of urgency. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, yeah. I don't know if that answered, answered the question. It fully. It totally does. Um, like, so the early lesson in development that everybody has to learn is that this is not software sales, uh, which itself right. at an enterprise level has a long time scale, but a lot of mm-hmm. folks, especially those who maybe come out of Resi and CNI who think I'm going to take a run at this utility thing. You don't knock <laughs> on a door and get a, cl- a contract. Yeah. Resi can be uh, anywhere from, let's call it one day to, you know, two weeks. CNI can be anywhere from one to six months, sometimes longer if you're doing a portfolio deal. 
utility starts at a year, like yeah. starts. You do something in shorter time yeah. than a year, <laughs> and everybody's going to be scratching their head wondering what you missed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and yeah, there's just so much diligence involved. And even if you work, and that was, that was one of the things that I had to get used to. I am all guns ahead, you know, wanting to succeed at every level where there is a binary option to succeed or fail. And it was getting comfortable with failure. You know, there would be projects where I had worked on them for three, four months and there's no longer interest or it just no longer works economically. It was just getting comfortable with the fact that, okay, I did put a lot of work into this. Um, I stayed up till 2 a.m. like for, you know, all week (laughs) trying to get this RFP in or RFI and we didn't win. And that was talk about uh, integrating the learning though right because one of the things that we all have to go through is recognizing we don't win them all and we've probably have many of us have come up like being the alpha the a personality the winner finishing in the top three how do you integrate the learning without taking without holding on to the the anguish of failure Right. How do you integrate that as a as a as a part of the practice? Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the reality when I often say to my kids, hey, look, the greatest baseball players in history have an average failure rate of 60 percent. Right. 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 They're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> six, six out of 10 times they come to plate, they fail and they make it to the Hall of Fame. Like failure is life. It's feedback. So talk about letting that failure be feedback instead of letting it be oppressing. Yeah. I had a great uh, mentor in Jeff Miller, who was the head of our business development team. Uh, And he had been in business development and solar sales for decades. And he was also full speed ahead. You know, I want to win every deal, but, you know, being in the industry for decades, he had it. And he was very, you know, forthcoming and, and wanted everybody to know that it's the value is in the process and not the result. If we have all the bows tied on our process and, you know, can get these out efficiently, effectively, and, you know, we're, we're providing accurate information, we've done the diligence, then we're setting ourselves up for success. And that's the best that, that we can do. It's on the other party to decide, you know, where, where we want to go from there. But we kind of have to put in the diligence within that process. And it's, you know, it's just like, you know, an athlete, you know, you're, you're training every day, you know, all day, you, you may not win the Super Bowl this year. Um, but the time that you put in training doesn't necessarily is that that has helped you that, you know, that it could only hurt you if you hadn't put in that time. And it's just, you know, finding, finding success in the process. And by the time that we turned an RFP in or turned a, uh, you know, an L, tried to, you know, send out an LOI or, or a PPA, it's like, you know, we, we succeeded in putting this together. And now, you know, now the results will, will follow how good our process was. That took a while because I wasn't a process person. I was a results oh, really? person <laughs> at all. Oh, um, wow. And yeah. my process may have been different every time on how, you know, how, we, uh, we, you know, got to a deliverable, but once, once we made our process more efficient and more standard, um, that's when we started seeing more success. And that's something that helped me in my life. 
Hey, I know you are a savvy listener. Heck, you're listening to Suncast and you've probably, as a result, heard of a little company called SunGrow. If you're not using SunGrow inverters on your projects, I would love to better understand why. They are the inverter of choice for many of the EPCs that I know. SunGrow is the number one in gigawatts deployed. They've got the top bankability in the industry. Hexsolve uses them for the majority of their projects. And you may not even know, but SunGrow has the largest R&D team in the power electronics industry. These three key points alone have convinced most of the major U.S. developers to prefer SunGrow. They now experience a diversified supply chain, local service team, patented containerized product, all with their seamless, pain-free commissioning. Look, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So why spend all of your cycles on what inverter to use when the largest EPC in the land has already done the heavy lifting for you? You can have their same experience for your projects. See how at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. Hey family, one quick reminder here that if you haven't yet joined Resource Labs, you are missing out. It is our outstanding community. It's the evolution of Suncast moving from presentations, you listening to us talk, to conversations. Our community involved in conversations as varied as powering Australia to green hydrogen to crypto and so many other things. Our newsroom is full of great insights. The main chat and even our RE Plus Where to Party At channel have been popping off. We've got more than 100 folks enjoying the community, and I would invite you in. You can do that at mysuncast.com forward slash community. Come see how Resource Labs can help you grow your influence, impact, and income. See you inside. Well, Miles, one of the things that people don't think about implicitly, I, I guess, with with development, I was joking about earlier from your first job at Itility that I'm sure you appreciated at Seoul was you knew you know what it's like to put your boots on, get out in the field. The folks that I know who are really good developers also are able to build rapport in the field, literally in the field, mm. landowners, and you know, in the southeast in particular, where you were doing a lot of a lot of development. A lot of those landowners are rich white guys that have had these property for generations. In Westchester, New York, too. <laughs> that was a big... Well, fair, fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. the whole Eastern Same, Seaboard, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Talk about being a young black man in development for soul systems, going out, asking these uh, these ranch owners in many cases <laughs> for the opportunity to to partner with them and, and you know, bring solar to their community or their town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I remember one trip going up to a company called Game on Golf uh, in New York. It was in upstate New York uh, with William Graves. And I think Jeff, Jeff Miller went to, I, th- I think he did. But we were, they wanted to transform, well, we had the proposal to transform their driving range into mm, a yeah. solar farm. We had the space, uh, the, fine, the economics worked. We were going to pay them a lot of money. <laughs> and I just remember sitting down in that meeting and, you know, taking out the designs and uh, the proposal and everything and just sitting there talking them through it. And I mentioned that I had put together design and, you know, put together the P 
PPA price or the the lease amount that we were going to pay them. Like, you know, that's something that I modeled. This is something that, you know, we're, we're presenting to you that came directly from us. And I just remember getting a crazy look like, you didn't design that. Like, you designed this? Like, and it's almost like, you know, just not like I'm not a part of the team. And it's like, oh, the, you know, he's, oh, okay, now we know he has some, you know, stake in this and he's not just sitting here in the meeting for, you know, and, and it's, taking notes. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's eye opening. I had a um, man. Yeah. I had a I had a story. Um, you may have heard the interview I did with Paula Gold Williams. She talks about oh, she's raising great. a three. She talks about going to New York, and she walked in, and she was the first person in the meeting. So she just took the first seat that happened to be kind of on the wall. She's just hanging mm-hmm. out, waiting for yeah. people to arrive. She wasn't sitting at the head of the table. Nobody was there, so she right. just kind of sat down. Slowly, people started trickling in. Nobody said anything to her. They, did, they would like sort of nod, but nobody yeah. would greet her. And then her banker walked in, everybody greeted him. And he said, let me introduce you to Miss Paula Williams. We'll be talking about our 3 billion bond today. And the looks on the faces in the room <laughs> when they realized they had basically ignored the customer. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it's just one of those moments that it's one of those moments you think like, this is 20, you know, and that, that, that story was from like, I don't know. 10, 15 years ago, but you know, your story is from three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, three, yeah. Three, three years, years ago. ago. Yeah. You still got a long way to go miles. And you're, we do. Uh, we do. You're, but you're, you're doing a tremendous, uh, tremendous job in, in helping us get there. You know, one of the things that we'll come back in a minute to your, the next phase of your career, but really even before you took the next step in your career, you realized that you'd been given an opportunity to uh, help the next generation as you had been helped. Talk about Black Oak Collective a bit and how you conceived of this idea to give, to begin now giving back to your community. Sure. So while I was at Seoul, one of the, and really throughout my career at that point, one of the most eye-opening things or was very apparent in your face was you were kind of one of the only ones in the room, if not the only Black person in the room. And sometimes the only person not white in the room. I realized that, you know, I being that person and wanting to give, you know, the same opportunities and make the process a little easier to get to where I am for the next person, that it was going to take a lot out of me personally to, to do that. Um, and, you know, I had the initiative, um, I think, so Yale had invited me to speak on, uh, and this was kind of while I was in, um, a program there uh, through financing the point clean energy. Um, they'd invited me to speak to some of their um, students of color um, about, you know, my job at soul systems and what, what I do, what, a how do you navigate the clean energy career path for a young professional of color? Like, what does that even look like? That's not, you don't even learn about clean energy in college. You can't take a clean energy course as an undergraduate. So, you know, this is not necessarily a career path that's, that's talked about or known a lot about especially at that point, you know, that opened the door for me. And I said, Hey, you know, that if Yale is inviting me to come speak about this stuff, like I'm going to reach out to a bunch of colleges and do this on my own and speak to their students about it. That kind of started that initiative and, you know, got to speak at a bunch of schools, UNC, Duke, USC, really all over the country. And it was, it was, and I love that you, so you self, you basically self-promoted to get yourself out on the circuit to raise awareness, but also to elevate your own personal brand. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm all about uh, nothing. Nothing great is going to come come to you for something you didn't work for. If I had a plan in place, I wanted to see some change. 
And uh, I think it's really important to put the initiative, the initiative out there to go and seek that change for yourself. <laughs> and if yeah. you can't, so how you, did, yeah. And so how did Black Oak come about? And so, so Kira, the executive director of Black Oak came to, she, I went to UVA with Kira. Um, she graduated a year ahead of me. Um, she reached out to me and another UVA grad, Wes Gobar, about this idea she had. Kira is a very type A, super, you know, super, you know, all, all guns ahead, um, just very energetic. If you ask Kira what her goals are right now, she'd probably give you a list of like 10, you know, very specific things. She's that, she's that person. And she, she's great. So she, re- she reached out and she had this idea. She would, let me take a step back before um, she had been sending out kind of any job posting that would get sent to her. She would send it out to like the seven black people she knew in sustainability. Like, do you want this? Five, do yeah. you know somebody that wants this? Five of which yeah. already had jobs. So, yeah, you know, it's, right. But it's really more this. about disseminate this, right? This right. is, the, yeah. this is this, this. that butterfly effect. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And she realized that wasn't sustainable. <laughs> so she came to me and Wes and was like, hey, I have this idea. We're going to make this landing page with job opportunities for people to come in and, you know, provide opportunities for the next generation of, of blacks who want to get involved in sustainability. And we're like, Kira, this is a great idea. And that's something we could easily do, but we could do so much more with that, with that organizational backing. And at this time I'd already started, you know, going, speaking to colleges about clean energy and what that looks like. And I was like, we can, we can roll that into what Black Oak does. We can actually partner with organizations to, not only promote their jobs, but also build out a network of, of Black individuals in sustainability. And that was something we realized didn't really exist, um, the more and more research we did. And kind of from there, that bubbled into Black Oak. And we, you know, we had started talking about this in April of 2020, uh, and we launched in November of 2020. So it was, you know, a long thought out process of, do we want to be a nonprofit? Do we want to start as an LLC? What does that look like? How do we want this to transition? Where, where, where are our target areas? Who are our target audiences? And it took a lot of conversations with, you know, people who had already started thinking about what, what this looks like, you know, talking to, to Gilbert, talking to people at CLI, you know, Esther is great. Uh, you know, just trying to just bouncing ideas off of each other, trying to develop into an organization that can make a stamp on building this network of of black people and in black professionals and advocates interested in sustainability, but also providing the resources that they need to succeed. And that was really kind of the big the big push and our our focus um, is that you know we want to provide the utmost opportunities to our members for them to transition smoothly into this well there you have it it is time to say goodbye but not forever we're back here on thursdays as usual to give you more practical insights on your way to building a meaningful career and legacy in the clean energy transition i'm curious what you think of today's solar warrior profile what did you learn do you like these vignettes from folks that I find along their path to give you some guidance and insight into how you can mold and shape your own career and those of the folks around you. Hopefully, if this resonated with you, you'll share it, you'll connect with Miles, you will let me know about it. And even better, you'll share it around to folks that you think would benefit from hearing 
and being inspired by this conversation. Like I said, we'll be right back here on Thursday. I've got my man, Michael Orshan. Michael has such a super interesting career and history from his revelry and stories at TJ Maxx and AT&T to his time at ATI and now PV Hardware and how he's revolutionizing the uh, aging oil and gas infrastructure with his company Breeze. Michael has such fun things to share. If you want to enjoy more conversations like these, well, we've got over 550 in our back catalog on Suncast. Highlights from those, all of those discussions, along with social media links like how to connect with Miles Braxton, book recommendations from many, many, many guests, and so many more are in our show notes. Just go to mysuncast.com, click on the episode notes tab. Hey, while you're there, why don't you click on the sponsor tab and learn more about the folks that help bring this show to you each and every week for free so that you can enjoy giving us the only thing that you can get back, which is your time and paying us with your attention. Thank you very much. These sponsors have made it possible that you don't have to pay any more than your attention. We're grateful for them. If you'd like to learn how you could partner with us just like they do, that's on the sponsor tab as well. You can reach thousands of solar warriors and climate champions just like yourself each and every week. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, solar warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs>